Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, stick with us. We're here in Orlando, Florida. We're at SAP Sapphire Now 2017. This is where more than 20,000 business leaders have converged to find out what's new in the world of innovation and strategy and business and how are they going to help make the world run better. So stick around. Now, today we're going to talk about what's keeping the C-suite excited to go to work every day. If you're in the C-suite, you will recognize what we're going to talk about. If you're not at that level, stick around because we're going to tell you what's really happening. We're going to define some topics, some buzzwords that are floating around and you're going to want to know. So I have a quote from Eric Smith, the CEO of Google, said this just last year, 2016. Pay attention. In five years, all major IPOs are going to be powered by, now here's where you take notes, machine learning and deep learning. Okay, you've heard of machine learning, you've heard of AI, you've heard maybe deep learning. What does it all mean? I have a very special guest. He's a very happy person. I'm happy to have him here. He's happy to be with me. I think we just became new best friends. Can I say that? Absolutely. And it's, it's Sina Shavoshi, C-H-A-V-O-S-H-I, and he has a long title, so hang on here. <laughs> Technical Program Manager with Google Cloud Platform Machine Learning Partnerships, and I have to tell you, I learned something new. Before we even talk about machine learning, I learned that there's something called the Seattle Tech Tour. Sina worked at Microsoft, then he worked at Expedia, then he went to Amazon, and now he's at Google. So he can't work anywhere else for a while because he'd have to change and go to another tour. So, Sina, it's such a pleasure. Absolutely. Likewise, it is a pleasure to be here. Now, maybe we need to change the theme from what's keeping the C-suite excited to what's making them happy. You're a happy person. (laughs) How is life at Google these days? Uh, It is absolutely fantastic. A lot of innovation, a lot of excitement. Uh, Every day I wake up, can't wait to get to work to see what's new, what's exciting that I can work on. Wasn't that what we want for everybody in the workforce? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So so we're going to share the happiness. I want to pick your brain. I usually come up with a topic and we talk about, you know what, I just want to find out. I think it's time, as I promised to our viewers, we're streaming live on Facebook at the Mm -hmm. SAP Partner Edge Facebook page, and we're live on the events channel at Voice America. .com, World, World Talk Radio. So let's talk machine learning. It is the buzzword. It's hot. It's really, really hot. What does it really mean? Is it about robots? Is it about AI? Is it about IoT? You're laughing. Talk to me. So um, great question. Great question. It is unfortunately... Uh uh, it's a lot, it's lot more exciting to talk about machine learning in the context of, oh, we have robots, we have a crazy technology that's coming in, and, and uh, robots are going to take over the world in a short time. And that's a very unfortunate context to put on machine learning. Uh, that sounds really exciting, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it creates a lot of uh, opportunity for, for, uh, for media to actually like, uh, create buzzwords and, 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 and talk about this. However, in reality, uh, where we are with machine learning is not AI. I, I wish we had AI. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we don't at this point, and, and I think we are far, far away from that. Uh, what we have in terms of machine learning are 
fascinating and, and, and simple solutions that help you automate uh, existing work and processes. These are really not, uh, not the AI that we see in sci-fi movies. It's more like off-the-shelf uh, <coughs> solutions and, and, and uh, technologies that allow you to optimize existing processes, not even completely replace them. But mm -hmm. within existing uh, processes, you can insert these uh, off-the-shelf solutions or uh, custom-developed solutions for various industries to, uh, to really uh, make the users of that technology have an easier life. And that's all this is about. So imagine if a process uh, currently takes you many, many hours and repetitive, mm -hmm. uh, repetitive tasks. We can mm -hmm. have you do less and achieve more within the same time. And that's really what we're targeting with machine learning. So question. Uh, a couple of, I think it was yesterday or a couple of hours ago, I spoke to some people about what's changing in the workplace. And we talked about the fact that the new technology is taking, now listen, the robot out of the human job and letting us become more human and more humanly intelligent. Do you agree with that? Uh, it's, it, it, is, it is an interesting take on that. So it's, um, I, the way I look at it is uh, the way machine learning is going to change your life is not something that's going to happen in the future. It's something that's already happened silently on the side, and mm -hmm. we are using it. It's except, uh, except maybe we become it's come so naturally that we don't pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm going to age myself here. I, I, I'm old enough to remember the days that we would pull up a map and try to find where we we're going to go, and 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 that experience actually existed for me. However, if you talk to any of the teenagers or any of the younger generation, the concept of pulling out a physical yeah. map to find out where you're going to go, it's such a like what. You, you need a map. There, there is the GPS and you have your phone. Like, and what, more than what? that, it's what you're using, paper? <laughs> exactly. Is it, is paper, it? exactly. I, yeah. Uh, so it, it really is the same uh, trend that we have seen over the last, uh, last 20, 30 years. Technology coming in, making our life easier. So uh, today, it is very ex actually normal and even expected for me for my phone to tell me that I have a flight in the afternoon and give me the, uh, the checking code that I need. Uh, I expect that I should be able to uh, uh, go to the website and check in online instead of going and talking to a travel agent or even book my flight through a travel agent. So all of those trend changes that has that's been, happen that has been happening are really uh, integrated into our life in a way that we don't realize. A lot of these are powered by machine learning. And there, there are transitions that make our life easier. There are transitions mm -hmm. that take away the painful parts of our lives where you had to like carry around the paper and dig through your emails to find out like, you know, stuff. And it really makes it smooth and a very, uh, very comfortable transition. Now, we have technologies that are come up more recently that are mm -hmm. even even more amazing and interesting. They open up door open up the door for for very interesting <laughs> interactions with with technology. For example, Google Home. Now you can actually just very comfortably sit at mm -hmm. your table and and <clears throat> I literally did that this this weekend. We had a nice breakfast uh, sitting with my wife at the table and uh, and I wanted to play a nice romantic music on the background and I just had to say, <laughs> uh, okay, Google, like play a romantic music for me and and it did and it's fantastic. So I want to know what song. Uh, it was a classical piano. Uh, she she oh, loved piano. Oh, how so. lovely. <laughs> Does that mean we're getting lazy that we don't even have to go to the shelf and pick up the... Well, do you still own CDs? Do we need to have a... I, I actually own a guitar, and I used to play for, for her myself. But unfortunately, we, I rely on technology now. We won't, we won't visit the lazy part. That, that's, that's interesting. Now, is this just... Now, you said you're not going to age yourself talking about paper maps. I, I know you're a very young man. Is, is this trend of wanting to have life more automatic, more digitally... Uh, enabled, let's call it that. Mm -hmm. Is this just in, in the millennial 
we'll call it a demographic cohort, the millennials, and they're in their mid-30s already. They're not babies anymore. Are they the ones who are craving this, demanding it, paying for it? Who is the market for this new technology? It's really everyone. When you look at it, this is not just a, a certain <clears throat> demography, certain uh, population, or, or a geography in the world that's interested in technology. If you look at it anywhere and everywhere in the world, technology is transforming lives. Uh, mm-hmm. There are there are inc- amazing examples that I've seen. There are farmers in, in Africa or India who didn't have access to information mm-hmm. that, that could actually significantly improve their crop growth. And now they have that information at, the fin- uh, at their fingertips through their cell phone and through, their, uh, through the technology that's made available, that information to them right at the field. And now they can know when to harvest. They can talk to other folks who are actually selling at the market to know what market price mm-hmm. is and what crops they should go after. They know what the crop rotation cycle is for that particular soil that they're working with. And when you think about it, this is really valuable. The world is actually transforming. Mm. At every age, at every stage that I see, people are adopting technology. <coughs> and the good news is we are moving away from technology being a very, uh, very, very technical concept, where mm-hmm. geeks like us like to like, go dig through many pages of manuals to be able to like, learn a computer. We have gone to a place oh where my. you <laughs> open your cell phone and talk to it, and it talks back to you, or yes. talk to your Google Home. And, and that's really where we are going, an integrated technology into our everyday life, where where mundane processes that you would have to do or things that you couldn't do otherwise are now becoming smooth and simple. I can turn off and turn on my light at home just through my phone if I had forgotten. And I'm on a trip, I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. been able to do that otherwise. I can turn off my thermostat. In fact, my thermostat knows my patterns, and whenever I get out of the house, it turns it off automatically. It's smart. I have two questions. If machines are learning, who's teaching them? Number one. And number, thank you. (laughs) I try to come up with good questions. And number two, deep learning. I've heard it, I don't have a clue. So start with, who's teaching the machines? And are there any biases that are built in, depending depending on who is coding, programming, uh, uh, getting them, do they have empathy, do they have emotions, and deep learning, is that a subset of machine learning? You're laughing. Am I asking good questions? No, it was a fantastic question. <laughs> I, I, I started smiling when you mentioned if they have empathy built into them. So uh, let, me, let me take a step back there for a second. Uh, Again, I want to emphasize, it would be a fantastic world if we had true AI, where, where the, matter, the concept of empathy would have been uh, important for our machines or for our artificial intelligence. But uh, unfortunately, we don't. I, I, I absolutely would mm. love to have an AI. We don't have an AI. Uh, the machine learning solutions that we have nowadays are really uh, solutions that can enable you to optimize your, uh, your processes in an industry, whether mm-hmm. it's supply chain optimization, whether it is in manufacturing pipeline, or even like simple doing like accounting and finance. And these are really not, uh, we're really nowhere near where uh, we will have that intelligent system where mm-hmm. it has to make a life and death decision and we wanted to have empathy and understand humanity. Okay. The great news is uh, we are, uh, there are institutes that are already thinking about many, many years in the future when we get to that state, uh, we will have that, that, that mechanism and knowledge built into it, but that's far away in the future. Today where we are is about simplifying business processes, improving existing processes to take away the pain. And, and automating and enabling things that we wouldn't have been uh, to do, we would not have been able to do otherwise, and that's really where we are focusing. So when I talk about machine learning and ML, we are really talking about not a complex, uh, uh, a very uh, complex and difficult solution to build, and it's all about artificial intelligence and, and AI. Mm-hmm. We're talking about let's grab existing business processes okay. and improve on them, and and that's what we have. 
So who decides how to improve on them? Going back to who is teaching the machines. How does uh, that decision get question. made? Uh, What's the priority in, if we want to improve the processes, how broad is that improvement initiative, if you will? Who decides, well, this is a process, we could automate it, we can take a five-hour process, make it into 20 minutes, still have human involvement, still have a human, have a job, make it a little more interesting, make the company more efficient. Who decides what goes into that? Who is informing what goes into these new processes? Machine learning is all based on data. Okay. Uh, when you have business data available to you, we can use that data to automate a process based on that particular data. Now, uh, there are two separate types of processes or, or, or improvements that we can talk about here. There are generic money, machine learning applications that apply to all, uh, all uh, bodies within the industry or within a particular uh, vertical. For example, if you talk about uh, language understanding mm-hmm. uh, or translation, those are, those are not specific to a particular business. When you speak English, you're speaking English. And when you're translating it to a different language, say French or Spanish, that, that concept is the same regardless of business you are in. Okay. Now, there might be some particular vocabulary specific to that industry. But apart from that, the general understanding of the language and translating is, is a common, common mm-hmm. practice. So in that case, there are, uh, there are steps that Google is taking by enabling uh, the, the, the machine learning models that really powers businesses, small business to large businesses, through our off-the-shelf APIs. Okay. Now, uh, Feifei, uh, she, is, uh, she is leading our uh, cloud ML engineering, and she, uh, Feifei Li, she is uh, a, research, a, professor, a professor and a researcher at uh, Stanford University. Uh, now she's uh, giving the vision to Google Cloud in terms of where we are going. And one mm-hmm. of the things she mentioned is that in, in Google Next mm-hmm. 2017 is that Google's uh, vision and direction now is to democratize machine learning. And really where that, where, what that means for the industry is that we are trying to enable everyone in the industry to adopt the advanced solutions that Google has had available to it. Mm-hmm. And that goes anywhere from the amazing computational technology that we have, which is really powerful. So I'll, I'll put a story in here. We, yeah. we built a demo for this, uh, for this presentation. And as a part of building that demo, my colleague and I, uh, Kira, who's presenting it tomorrow, is uh, we had to do some training. Mm-hmm. And as he was kicking off his training on Google Platform, uh, we did a quick back of an envelope calculation that and realized that the number of teraflops, that the actual computational power that we had available to us was equivalent of a top 500 supercomputer in the world. And that's insane. That is amazing. And what I want to emphasize here is Google is enabling that exact same power Mm -hmm. to all partners who are using our platform. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the democratization of compute power uh, that Feifei talked about. Now, there are different avenues that we are also going on. Apart from uh, the computational power or infrastructure, we are also democratizing uh, algorithms. So Mm. another part that I mentioned was off-the-shelf APIs, things that you can grab and plug into your existing business processes. And uh, one of the steps that we are taking in terms of democratization of algorithms is to wrap algorithms such as the translation uh, problem that I mentioned, such as language understanding problem that I mentioned, or even image recognition, OCR, and wrap them in an off-the-shelf API where you can grab them and use them in your existing business uh, without a heavy amount of machine learning need. Basically, you just need an engineer who knows how to call an API, and that's it. You don't need a machine learning expert to use them. Um, so since I mentioned the uh, democratization mm-hmm. of machine learning, let me go through the next uh, And I still want to know what that. deep learning is, okay? I will absolutely. Yeah. So um, let, let me do this. Let mm-hmm. me take a, a quick mm-hmm. step back. I'll yeah. go back to the democratization okay. uh, uh, steps that Google is taking. But let me take a step back and talk about deep learning. Yeah. What is really deep learning and what happened in the last two years or three years that really changed the market? Um, 
we have had these algorithms for machine learning for, for, for quite a long time now. Mm -hmm. And really, two things happened in the industry. One was the change that we had in our uh, hardware that allows us to do computations at scale. Now, to give you, uh, to give you an idea, we, we really did not have the ability to do millions and millions and millions of uh, processes in a matter of uh, seconds. Mm -hmm. We have that now. Uh, we actually have systems that do teraflops of calculation in, in, uh, on one single instance of, uh, of a drive. And that really did not exist. It, it, uh, it's a great thing that it came to exist mm -hmm. mainly through gamers. Like, uh, we wanted to have access to beautiful really? graphical processing, uh, processing power. And uh, for example, if you wanted to run Far Cry with 60 frames per second, you absolutely needed that, that, that graphical processor. And that really drove the industry. But what that enabled us to do mm -hmm. was uh, to actually have that amazing processing power to do data crunching for machine learning. Mm -hmm. Now, that's one aspect. The second aspect is availability of data. Uh, we did not have large data sets that were available for us to do machine learning based on up to very recently. And when that data set became available and the hardware was available, we were able to break away from, uh, from what I refer to as traditional machine learning mm -hmm. uh, and go to deep learning. Now, here's, here's a vision of what is the difference between these two. Okay. Traditional machine learning, the concept is you have uh, human, very, very uh, trained and intelligent human beings that sit down, look through the data and identify the valuable bits and pieces of right. data that they can use for a machine learning mm -hmm. model. And, and that work is extremely difficult. It requires uh, highly skilled workers, PhDs, researchers, and data scientists. Okay. And it really relies on their intuition to find the right data sets that they uh, drive. That goes the back to my earlier question, is right, who teaches the machine. Exactly. Okay. Now, that mm. was when we didn't have enough computational power to mm -hmm. run our entire data set. What has changed in the last two to three years is that now we have access to amazing processing powers. Like, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my colleague and I have access to a top 500 uh, supercomputer in the world, and that is some, not something special. That is not something that we have to get Just special requirements day. for. Any partner of yeah. Google Cloud Platform actually has access to that same level of computational power, which is, which is mind-blowing. It's insane. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and what happens is now using that computational power we can decrease the pain on our researchers and our, uh, and, mm -hmm. our, and our data scientists and essentially remove the work that they needed to do to extract the features and leave that work to the machine. So instead of going through a small sample set that they have identified as valuable for training, mm -hmm. we give the entire data set to a machine, to a deep uh, neural network, and the machine will learn what are the valuable pieces. Deep in learning. That, exactly. And what are the pieces that are not so valuable for that particular application. And that's really the difference between how we used to do machine learning and how we are doing machine learning now. In terms of algorithms, they're pretty much staying stable with some, mm -hmm. uh, some interesting innovations in the last couple of years. But at the same time, the core, of the, con the core concepts that are being used are the same. It's really how we moved away from specialized uh, um, staff going through the data all the way down to uh, relying on the machines to extract that information for us. The SAP Google partnership, talk to me. So that's actually a fantastic opportunity. As I, as I mentioned earlier, one of the key things that Google is focusing on is, is democratization of machine learning. And part of that is to enable the industry through partnerships like SAP and Google Partnership. Mm -hmm. So here what we have done is essentially we are opening up the, the computational infrastructure that Google has uh, to all SAP customers and SAP okay. partners. And that's a fantastic thing for the industry. Uh, and that, that is really in line with what I mentioned earlier, which is we want everyone to have access to the same level of uh, massive computational power that Google has access to and democratize it and open it up to everyone. You covered all the key words. 
Do you ever slow down? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and it's late in the day. The energy's wonderful. I have a question for you, Sino. From Thank where you. now? Were you still making the Seattle tour when you came here to Sapphire, or where were you traveling? You've probably been in ten countries in the past twenty-two minutes. So, where did you come from to cut to come to Sapphire this time? Uh, so th- uh, this time it was a straight flight from uh, from Seattle. Uh, it is a long flight. Uh, yeah. However, it's well worth it. I, I I have talked to a lot of people across the industry, both uh, people. Uh, from Sapphire, from different partners that Sapphire has. And, and it's both a humbling and learning experience as well as a, a fantastic uh, view into how people are excited about machine learning. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to like see that, yes, this applies to my to my industry and I don't have to have a large machine learning team to use this. So the light bulb APIs. is going off. Exactly. The it's excitement is coming in like we open with what's keeping the C-suite excited to go to work exactly. every day. Exactly. And not just the C-suite, but in the different layers of the organization, right? Absolutely. And we have even smaller businesses that are coming up. Uh, it's uh, Actually, I had a conversation uh, with, with someone from a small business and they came up and said, hey, we are we're really a small business. We don't have that staff and, yeah. and that many like you know members in our team that can that can do machine learning. And it was a fantastic conversation because you could immediately turn back to them and tell them like, hey, uh, here's an example that like yeah. you can literally grab one or two devs and they can spend a week and have a production level quality software for you using these off-the-shelf yeah. APIs that really looks like magic. But you're using the energy and effort that Google and, and Google partners like SAP have put together to provide you these solutions. And you don't need a massive team. You don't need a lot of, uh, a, a lot of resources to be able to take advantage of them. I think you're magic, too. And I have one more question. <laughs> How many Sapphires have you attended, Sina? Uh, this is my uh, first Sapphire. First Sapphire. Let's yeah. have a round of applause. <laughs> you really raised the energy level. My word. I have absolutely enjoyed it. So I'm going to give you a quick task. I want you to look at the camera. I want you to wave. And I'm going to do our closing. <laughs> call to action. So, fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Be like Sina Shaboshi. Go out and be a game changer right this minute and that's an order. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Thank you, Sina. It's been such a pleasure pleasure. to meet you. I learned so much. Bye-bye from Game Changers.